0: The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today I'm joined by Ron Granado, sales manager at Plymouth Title. Ron, Appreciate you being here, brother.
1: Thanks for having me, Tony.
0: No, it's uh, it's a pleasure, and it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Uh, cool guy, man.
1: I'd say the same thing about you, buddy. <laughs> thanks, Dad, <laughs> The thanks feeling Dad. is mutual.
0: No, I appreciate you. So originally from Chicago, but uh, kind of a unique story. You went you went to back to Brazil where uh, your, your parents are from, right? And
1: your family's from. Yeah, so my birth parents came here in the late 60s. Uh, Brazil at the time was a military dictatorship, mm. so it was hard to find work. They came and they settled. I don't know why they settled in Chicago, because most Brazilians that come to the States either go to Florida, yeah. uh, some to Boston, but the majority go to California or Southeast Florida.
0: Well, the majority, really?
1: Yeah, big wow. populations in I Southern California that. and uh, Pompano Beach. Did Florida.
0: you ever ask them why they, uh, they chose?
1: Chicago? I she never gave me a straight answer. <laughs> I'm assuming it's because of work.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's good sure. place to work. Um, and so what was that like? How 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 old were you when you went back? How old were you? When, um, you
1: came back to to the states. So my parents were going through a separation. Mm. I went to Brazil to stay with an aunt and uncle. Oh, in Rio, the state of Rio, where they're all from. And then it registered me as a citizen. Of course, you don't become fully registered mm-hmm. as a citizen until so you're 18 years old. Mm. But, uh, you know, they put the paperwork in place. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, at least you got that.
0: You got that <laughs> under your belt. Okay, I do, yeah. yeah. That's very, very cool. So then when you came back, though, Tinley Park, right? That's where you grew up? Actually,
1: Chicago, initially. Okay. Yeah, I okay. lived in um, Gage Park. Oh, nice. For about, until I was 13 years old, going into eighth grade. Gotcha, gotcha. Gage Park is a sub area that's right next to Englewood on the south side of Chicago.
0: Yep. No, oh. for sure. And. What was it, how'd you get into the real estate business? I mean, cause you've been doing this a while now.
1: For a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So I went to, uh, moved down to Florida, went to college, uh, at Florida Metropolitan University. Uh, didn't finish, you know, I was still kind of not finding myself. I wasn't really responsible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Couldn't hold the job down. You know, it was just partying too much. It just wasn't when I, you know, had some issues. Uh, but then I took a trip to Brazil Stayed there for three months, got a little bit better, came back to Chicago. And then uh, I'd gone through a breakup, you know, so drifted a, b- a little bit more for about another six months. Mm. Uh, I was staying with my mom at the time. And then I met my now wife. She was my girlfriend. And it seemed like from that point on, uh, I started to get my head on straight. You know, I went back, finished college. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I lucked out there and, uh, you know, I got my series license. I got my insurance licensed. I did that for about two seconds. And then my wife, who was working in the real estate field at the time, one of her clients, ex-wife, she was working in wholesale lending, uh, which was at a bank. This was prior to the mortgage crash. She offered me a job. So then I went there, applied, and then I became a wholesale lender. Okay. (laughs) Selling those products that led to the mortgage crash. (laughs) I I shouldn't be laughing about them. (laughs) I I mean, hey, hey, when you don't know, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean. You know, but you don't. But you You know know, what you don't, and it is what it is. Yeah. So I did that. I worked at two different wholesale banks. Uh, One, uh, both were taken over by the feds. Wow. And then, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, because they went into receivership. And then I was offered a job by one of my old clients who was an attorney. He had a car dealership, a driving school. He had a mortgage company upstairs, and he had a real estate company and a title company. Holy smoke. Yeah, because you could do that back then, you know? like Especially in the Latino community, it was very common for people to cross-sell and pretty much offer everything.
0: Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah,
1: he had a title company in Cicero he wasn't doing anything with, so then he offered me a, a job and... It was around 2008. Okay. I was working two side jobs. I was working at a medical laboratory, and I'd gotten my insurance license reactivated. So I said, I'll give it a shot. And been doing it ever since. Yeah, since 2009.
0: I'm assuming different company now? Same company. Same company. No way. So you've seen that thing grow. I did. I'm the only sales rep they've ever had. Wow. Since day one. That's amazing. Yeah. What has been, because you're a very social guy. I mean, networking seems to be a big part of uh, of your business development game.
1: I've had to get better at it. Really? You know? Yeah, well, when I started, my business was primarily focused on asking for business. And then around 2016, I f- realized that you know I got to start providing value-added service for my referral partners. And I can't just be asking them to give me business. I got to help them get business. Interesting. So then that's when I started to get really good at networking. I'm still working on it. But that's when it shifted. It became less of a take, and it became more of a give and a win-win philosophy, which is something that I have to train myself on and have to remind myself. I have ADD. I'm not very organized. You know, I I have bad habits. Like, I still have to stop and pull over so that I don't put something on a calendar when I'm driving a car. Right, right. You know, because you feel like you have to do it right then and there. Otherwise, you're going to forget. But so now I have to have a plan of action to say I have to send connections for X amount of partners. Otherwise, I don't feel like I'm fulfilling my duty, you know, as a title company or well, just as a business partner. No, for sure. But
0: it doesn't sound like you're not organized. It sounds like you're actually organizing. You just recognize your deficiencies and have found ways to actually address them. Trying to. I mean, you are. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, and you're humble about it, which is awesome, right? Um, where did that come from? Where, who Like, who, did someone teach that to you? Like, where did you pick up that? hey, look, I have to be providing this. I can't be out there chasing, um, which, I mean, you, you know that this is not uncommon wisdom, but it's uncommonly applied, right? What was it for you that inspired you to take that approach in
1: 2016? It's, well, it's Throughout my life, I've, it's, I've had to go through periods of evolution. Earlier in my life, I was not very honest with myself. I was a very insecure person. I was making a lot of false promises. I was telling people things I didn't do. Because I was a very insecure person. Insecurity is somebody, something that we all have,
0: sure.
1: but I had it to another level. So after a while, I, I had to start to, from my ADD. It actually got me to go doing some things because I realized I had said I did all these things when I didn't do them. And I said, I better start completing some of these tasks or I'm gonna look like a fool one day. Wow. So that was one period of evolution. And then the other period was, I can't be just somebody who's selfish. I have to start finding a way to give back you know, what is this about? You know, is this just a job or am I actually trying to leave some type of legacy or am I actually trying to make some long-term relationships? So that's when I started to look at people less like a transaction and more like potential friends or, or even if it's just friends in the business. Yeah, Cause you have to do business with people you like. Absolutely. And if you like the person, why wouldn't you want to help them? Right, Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's when you start evolving into doing business with people you like and you start evolving away from people that you don't necessarily like or respect, even if you are getting business from them. So right. then my clientele got better and wow. I became a better business partner. Wow. And, and
0: and it seems like more than anything else too,
1: you're really on this path
0: of, of and, and, and I feel like, uh, I mean, no disrespect, right? Like, because you're, it just sounds like you're beating yourself up a little bit, right? Being a little harder on yourself than you probably need to be. Because I think all those things that, one, probably make you good at what you do are, are, are also tied to, Kind of maybe beating yourself a little bit over it, right, <laughs> but on this path that you're on is is there's a lot of self development, and it seems like you're really honing in, working on that, being intentional about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give to people that find themselves in that situation where you know sales is is part of your job, and that's what you need to do, but if you're looking at it from a transactional trying to sell, convince someone it's going to be really rough for you right and and you're not going to feel really great about it what? path would would you advise to go down to get to that point where you can be more value add more service based than transactional and salesy It's
1: a good question, so people have a tendency to look at their job as a job and because it pays for a paycheck. but if you have to find a passion within your job even if even if the job itself is not the passion, what's the path passion within the job okay like so are the connections that you're making? your passion mm-hmm. are the friendships that you're making a passion are the, the is the fact that you're helping somebody other than yourself a passion you know you're making it a win-win or are you just doing it you know because it's it's paying you something or because it's something that you found to do and you lucked locked into and you put up enough time and now you don't want to give it up I think you know we're very blessed where we live we can't change positions We could change companies. We can change industries. So if you're going to stick this industry out, you owe it to yourself and to the people that you do business with to be the best that you could be, not only as a professional, competent business partner, but truly as somebody who's looking at this beyond the transaction itself and really treating people as people, not just as the checks that they provide you.
0: No, it's very well said. Um, You're right, and and that... The relationship part i mean this is your life right and, and and when you look back at it is it going to be that you made all this money but you know the, the people that were there for you that you were there for um when you talk about being of value uh instead of asking for the sale what how did how did you first adopt that and and how has it evolved from that time you know six years ago where you made that intentional choice to, to
1: today that you're actually living it out so i was asking people what are their problems smart okay you know what are some of the issues that they have what are their goals professional and otherwise getting to know them as people how much time do they really want to put into their profession and it's through that that i could really realize you know these are some of the things that i can solve for you the differences between me and well the first thing is that i don't look at my competition as enemies i look at them as reasons why i have a job
0: yeah. And right, okay. Right,
1: my right. my 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 competition are my friends in the business. <laughs> so that's the first thing, you know. So I I learned a lot from them, and constantly asking questions, t- taking notes, and a- having a purpose for when I introduce somebody to somebody else, or when I go into an office, or when I talk to a new client, or I follow up with somebody, is trying to have something a problem to solve, not just beyond the, the business itself, but beyond, you know, what else are you looking to do beyond this? So leading with a passion, you know, whether it's, you got to find something besides your job that you're passionate about. So whether it's your family or your community, or if you're involved in charity, these are things that I'm trying to get more involved in, you know, and I'm, I'm really kind of behind the eight ball. So that's something that I'm trying to do more. And I think that that's, when I can talk about those things, those are the things I found that inspire people. I've made more connections to that, the people realized in my hobbies, that I like to travel, what my background is, the people that I've made connections with. People care more about that than what I do for a living. I think what I do for a living just kind of puts me in, a, in this little box that everybody else can fit into. But it doesn't really separate me from anybody else. And I think that that's what I would advise somebody to do is at the end of the day, You know, you are a person, your your DNA, your own path in life is totally different. It's different from somebody else. You know, all the, you made a left when somebody else made a right. You stopped when somebody else went, you know, so, and we all have some type of grief, obstacles that we've gone through. And it's those stories I think that inspire people. Had this loan officer that I met, and he would always try to sell me about the company that he's working for. And this guy had a heart attack. Oh, geez. He had a heart attack, that, and he was telling me about his heart attack story. You know, his a cardiac arrest, he almost passed away, and I, I had to stop him in the middle of his conversation. I said, I've known you for eight years. Why aren't you telling me about that story? Because that's the story that I care about. Right. You know, you almost died. Right. You suffered. Like, this is something that everybody connects with, and everybody's going to look at you differently. Why, who cares about where you work? Right. Who cares about what you do? I want to care about who you are. So that's really the probably the best part of my job. I love it, man. I,
0: I love the way you eloquently put it because it really comes down to, you know, I, I, People seem to think that they're on their own and, and, and I'm providing this service, but you really took this approach of, yeah, 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 that's what we do and that's what we provide, but how can I be a partner to you? How can we be in this game together that as you grow, I mean, it's going to benefit me, so how can we, you know, how can I help you grow, right? And that's really what seems to be kind of this approach almost like of a, of a sales consultant. If this is what you specialize in, maybe you can help your clientele with that aspect of it, right? Yeah. Have you taken it to an approach of actually like formalizing something uh, where you're providing either a curriculum, a class, or is it mostly just that, that more personalized relationship where, you know, as, peop- as those things come up, <laughs> as you ask them what they need, that you provide that one-on-one
1: uh, kind of time and attention? Or- I, no, it's a good question. So I try to build teams. Oh, nice. Uh, I try to partner up with people that have like personalities. That's something I have been working on the last couple of years. We do trainings uh, for agents on teaching them, you know, how to build new referral partners and try to lead with their passion. That is kind of an ongoing process. You know, it's not something that is set up with the state or it's just something no, that we've right, done through right. our own trial and error. We are working on we actually did a training this morning before I came here. Well this this afternoon, twelve to one thirty. Wow. Before I came here. So that's something that I'm trying to work on. I'm getting more excited about that than just talking about the day to day and making sales calls. Right, right, you right.
0: Know, that, now um when it, when I guess like in terms of the, uh, I don't want to downplay the you know, Plymouth uh, title, right? But it, it, do you have to go up against, you know, questions or maybe like uh, doubts of, or just overcoming, right, the smallness of, 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 a, of a boutique shop versus a bigger known title
1: company? All the time.
0: Yeah? Yeah. And what, what's the biggest hurdle you have to overcome? But also, what do you find success in actually overcoming that hurdle?
1: Good. Okay, so the way I would look at that, Tony, is... I tell people, you know, do you want to have the big box experience or do you want to be dealing with a smaller convenience store? There's pros and cons to working with both. I know that I'm an extremely small fish in a big pond. Right. And in a downturn, we're going to be more likely not to make it through a downturn. But I also know that whatever success we have, that whether it's me or the people that I work with, the support staff, that we are 100% directly responsible for it. So that's, to me is more important than being part of a ship that somebody hmm. else built you know what i mean I, yeah, 100%. I, that's kind of the way i look at it so i would rather go down with the ship knowing that i was at some point a captain of it as opposed to just somebody
0: that was just sitting in the back oh and i'm sure that having that close relationship with someone who who has that uh perspective or that has that responsibility within the organization is just as important as someone who's actually you know working in these transactions um is it I'm sure now at this point in your in your career in your business that you're working with people that you have worked from a long time ago, right? But is there a sweet spot where someone who's a newer agent could benefit from working with a boutique agency like yours versus or a title company versus a bigger one? Um, yeah, well, what, what, what does that look like for you right now at this point in your career?
1: So a small business owner, whether they're new or they're just small, just in size or stature, always benefits working from a like size company. Yeah, that's I do believe. I don't care what industry you're in, whether you're doing commodities, whether you're doing food, you know, you pick it, you know, real estate, financial, legal. I, I am a firm believer that like businesses, size businesses should be dealing with like businesses within sure. a community. I believe they benefit the most from each other.
0: I agree with that. I, I, I really do. Um, when it, I mean, you you. Went into this market, you were in it, you know, maybe even caused it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, in 08, right? A little bit, yeah, a little, a little bit. We jo-
1: I uh, mean, we we joke about that, but yeah, I mean, we do say that we knew what we were selling. We just didn't know how much it was affecting people. Right,
0: and, and it's easy to get caught up in the excitement of something and you see the money, you see all that stuff. But but you have also been and in, 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 in entered the real estate market and kind of a, a uncertain times too, right? Now that we find ourselves here again. What advice do you give people that are in the business in general just to have a little faith in that things are going to get better, right? That it's not um, as bad as people think it is. It's just that we had a great few uh, or a couple of years leading up to it.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I'm. if you're not willing to go through the downturn, you can't be there for the upturn. Yeah. There's, you're going to have – prices have to come down. I don't care what it is, whether it's real estate, food, gas. They can't constantly go up. They have to go down, and through a downturn is where opportunities are created. People that are running away from things because they're becoming difficult, if you can find a way to run a little bit more towards it. I know it's easier said than done. Not everybody has the cushion to save during a downturn and they have to find a guarantee. For those people, I I totally understand. Take the job that you need to get to pay the bills that you need to pay, but if you have a passion for what you are doing and you like to be self-employed, and you want to be able to be paid on a performance-based compensation, I don't care what it is, whether it's real estate or something else, but something where you are self-employed, and you are the master of your own destiny, or at least in some part, I do believe that you should not give it up.
0: Hey, that's great advice, though. I and mean, you heard all the time when people talk about those difficult times, and even in the Great Depression, it was when everyone was getting out that you got to get back in, right? Or, right. or jump in. Um so what does that look like for you in terms of a vision for the future? You know, the vision for uh, uh the title company but yourself as a brand, uh within real estate?
1: I don't have a crystal ball for what's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna be like two thousand eight. If 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 I was guessing, uh the market is different.
0: but uh, but, but assuming that it uh it, it it evens out, right? And it's not as bad as as, as we as and people are, are fearing. But you know, for you, what is the vision? Is it to grow the you know the, the company? Is it to uh to, to continue to grow your team? Um yeah, well, what's the vision in terms of if everything stays somewhat normal, right?
1: It, okay, the perfect world, if we could normalize, yep, I'd yep. love to be doing more business out of state. Okay. We want to be doing more in community business where we're involved with a couple more non for profits. Oh, nice. Um that's definitely a goal. Uh, we want to be able to hire more people. We want to be able to hire more minorities. We want to be able to open another office. At some point, we'd like to open an office on the south side. That's and a it, big plan. That's the plan. and We do want to open an office out of state. Believe it or not, one of the areas that we were looking at uh, a couple years ago was Fort four Myers. Wow. The area that was just hit. Yeah. So we didn't pull the trigger uh, because we got because of the pandemic and we got really busy here. We put that aside and... Wow, probably uh, better off right now. It seemed to luck out
0: yeah. for us, at least in the short term. Well, when you go back in, that will be cheaper. <laughs> you know? Correct. I mean, you never know, right? Um, if people are out there listening and want to connect with you, like what you have to say and want to work with you,
1: follow you, support you, how can they find you uh, online? So I'm Ron Granado. It's uh, PlymouthTitleInsurance.com. You can find me on Facebook at Ron Bastos Granado. Uh, my number is 708-476-3142. I answer any questions title related or otherwise and if i don't have the answer i'll connect you to the person that can help you awesome
0: brother well i appreciate you ron thank you
1: thanks for having uh, me